0: you have for god has said i will never fail you i will never abandon you can you please say that again can you say it after me i'll i'll repeat this i will never fail you i will never abandon you you. if you believe that we can go on further than that and the rest of the scripture says so we can say with confidence The Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? So do you believe those first two things that you said? That he never fails me and he never abandons me? Then you can repeat after me again. The Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? So we can trust God, right? We can trust Him. (laughs) We trust God because His gifts are gracious. His gifts are gracious. Because all the things that He gives to us, we don't deserve them. Everything that we have, we do not deserve. In my vast experience as a pastor, okay, I I figured there would be some chuckles there. There's some observations that I've made about God. See, God is totally trustworthy. He has never, ever failed me. Now, he's done things in a different way than I wanted him to do. But he still never failed me. How many of you have prayed this prayer God, please give me a place to live. God, please provide for me a place to live. How many of you, God has provided a shack with no electricity and no heat and no air and you complained about it? He gave you a place to live. He gave you exactly what you prayed for. Oh, but God, that's not what I meant. God, I need to have electricity. I need to have, uh, you know, air conditioner. I have to have a refrigerator and a stove. First 15 years of paganized marriage, we had a stove, but neither one of them worked. Matter of fact, we had three stoves, but neither one of them worked. They were just ornaments in the kitchen that, It was supposed to be there. But we survived. God is trustworthy. The only problem is is sometimes is that we, uh, we don't ask specific enough to find that whenever He truly answers the question or answers the prayer, that we don't know that He's answered the prayer or not. God has entrusted me. What? God has entrusted me with possessions, opportunities. Some talents can be debated or not. Yeah. In time. How do I use them? How do I use the possessions that He gives to me? What about the opportunities? How the opportunities to be able to talk about Him? The opportunities to be able to live this life that He's given us? We have the opportunities to do it. A lot of times we choose not to do it. And we choose not to do it because what we see is uncomfortable. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. The master was full of surprise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have faithfully handled the small amounts. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. So let us celebrate together. So He entrusts us with these things. But let's not let this passage of Scripture scare us. Because if you do good with the things that He gives you, it says that He's going to give you more, right? Right? So if you're a good mother and a father, does that mean that he's going to give you more kids? I think he puts us in places where we can still use those talents. Maybe not your children, but other children. You know, that... David, I'm glad you're really excited about that one. (laughs) Because we always, yeah, we hear grandkids, you know, raising up the grandkids, uh, you know. But what about a couple that has been married for 40 or 50 years, finding a couple that's been married for two or three years, and just talking with them, mentoring them? Helping them through those rough years. How many years did your honeymoon last? One year? Two years? Three days? (laughs) So you understand what I'm talking about. Because you have the young people that are expecting this marriage to be really nice and easy, and you've experienced the difficulties. So why in the world can't we help them through those difficulties? Just saying, Amber and Kyle's right over there. Just, just saying, just saying. They're not married yet. We, I'm trying to get you some help. Is that good? <laughs> oh man. I am a trustee of everything that God has given to me. In in Luke chapter nineteen, verses eleven through twenty-seven, it's a it's this nice parable that we have here, and uh, you know the parable is about ten servants. Uh, You know, but I I find it interesting because the parable is about ten servants, but you actually only hear about three servants. So, what happens? Okay, so we go along and we're reading and we're looking at the uh, at the parable uh, you know, and so we have this uh, master that is going to be leaving uh, because he's got to go to um, he's got to go to the main city, I guess you would say the 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 big kingdom, uh, and he is going to become a king of this providence, so he leaves to go do that, but before he does that. He takes this large bag of silver and he divides it amongst these ten servants. So he's on his way there and some of the servants decide that, no, I don't want him to be my king because he's really bad. I don't want him. So they go ahead or they send someone ahead of him to tell the one that's going to, Crown him king that he is not worthy of being the king. And they complain about him. And then we find that as it goes along that the king comes back. And we find that the king goes to the one servant. And the one servant says that I know that you were a shrewd master. I know that you... Uh, You know, that you uh, harvest crops that you didn't plant. Uh, You know, and you get things that you didn't do, but that you make money through them. And by doing that, I went ahead and I invested your money. And I have ten times the amount. So then what happens? He says, well done. Because of that, I'm going to give you ten cities to be the governor of. So then you come to the next one that he gave him money and he invested the money but didn't make quite as much. He said, well, that's good. So he gave him kingdoms as well. And then you have the third one that comes and he says, well, I knew that you were really tough and I didn't want to lose your money because you were tough. So I just simply buried it. So he takes his money and then he gives it to the others. Now catch this. He says, The other ones that I sent, that I gave money to, that went and complained to the king, bring them into my courts. And he killed every one of them right there. Killed them right there. God's given us talent, He's given us all of this stuff. What are we going to do with it? So that brings me to this question that I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ask you now. Can God trust you? We know that God's trustworthy. Can God trust you? Can God trust you with your possessions that he has given to you? Can God trust you with the opportunities that he provides for you? Can God trust you to be the steward of all the possessions that he has given to you? Can he trust you to do with those things that he has required and needs for you to do with him? Can he trust you? Proverbs kind of helps us out with this just a little bit. Let me go into Proverbs here. Proverbs chapter, uh, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best part of everything you purchase or produce. Then he will find your, then he will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine. There are some things that we see here. Trust has to come first. I think that's an issue that we have, because we only trust whenever you prove that you are trustworthy. Is that right? You only trust the people around you that you, or that has proven to you that they are trustworthy. God says, trust me first and then I'll prove to you who I am. Trust. Trust is followed by a promise. He says, if you trust me, I will do this. So if we trust him What will he do? If we seek him, he will show us which path to take. If we trust in him, he will fill our barns with grain. And our vats will be overflowing with good wine. Hmm. I think I want to, I think I'm going to trust Him for the promises. But the promises are conditional. Because we have to honor the Lord with our wealth and with giving Him the best of everything that is produced. So we trust him first. And then his promises will come, through, will come through. And then we give him the condition or we give him a tenth or a portion or the best of what he has given to us. So, what is your best time of the day? Is that a confusing question? When are you most alert? Is it at 5 o'clock in the morning? Is it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? Is it at 11 o'clock in the evening? When is your best time? Everybody already knows I am not a morning person. So why in the world would I give God the morning? That's not my best time. See, that's what he's talking about here. He says, he says, look, he says, you know when you're alert the best. You know whenever your activities and whenever your life is flowing and you're, you're just so rambunctious and you're ready to go. Give me those times. I like cherry pies. I don't make a good cherry pie, but I like cherry pies. No, I'm not going there because I don't give a tenth of my cherry pies to people. No, I'm good. <laughs> see, whenever we get to this part and we look at this and we look at Proverbs and we, and we see all this stuff here, uh, you know, we're like, oh my goodness, pastor's asking for more money. No, I'm not. I'm asking for you to be obedient to God. Because he might not be asking you to give money. He might be asking you to give time. He might be asking you to be a mentor to someone else. He might be asking you to do like Miss Sheila does, and she has recognized a part of her ministry is to write and to mail out cards just simply because she loves to write and to mail out cards. Why not do that? Trust comes first, it's then followed by a promise that God has given to us. But that promise is tied to a condition. And that condition is, is that we must give back a portion of what he has given to us. Our trust is developed in three stages. Our trust is developed in the midst of adversities. Our trust is developed in the times of plenty. Our trust... Our trust is learned as God as my only source. This morning you started off by talking about how much you trusted God. I close the service by asking how much can God trust you? How much can He trust you to be who he needs you to be and to do the things that he needs you to do amen dear heavenly father thank you dear lord so much for today and for the words that you have given to us how, you know, god as we look at this simple question can we trust you how we have this resounding yes but then the question comes back can God trust me? God, I pray. I pray that the resound, that the word is still a resounding yes. Yes, God, you can trust me because I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this.